0: to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce videocast and podcast that we do daily here. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell. And as we bring you the latest information and uh, updates related to COVID-19 and how it affects guys uh, before, during, and after divorce, including issues of modifications of support, enforcement of visitation and custody rights, and contempt motions paternity. We try to bring you something new every day uh, as we reach uh, around the country to one of our Cordell and Cordell attorneys. And today, uh, we're joined by uh, Zachary Underwood. Zach, welcome.
1: Thanks, Scott, for having me. I appreciate it
0: so as always i start out with our disclaimer that uh keep in mind that this is not to be taken as legal advice do not want it to establish an attorney client privilege relationship in any way because your set of circumstances and facts may differ Uh, Each one presents unique facts that we would potentially and likely alter our recommendations, advice, uh, and talking about what the law is and how it applies to you. So don't take that as legal advice. I'm only licensed in Missouri, Illinois, and Georgia. And so I want to make sure uh, that uh, you know that this is really meant to be speaking, talking points to take to your attorney. If you don't have one, we certainly can find one for you. uh, Or you can meet with us. Uh, You can contact us at 866-DADS-LAW. Or cordellcordell.com. So let's get right to it. Today, I had asked Zach to join us to talk a little bit about um, emergency motions, post-judgment relief during COVID-19. You know, many guys have questions out there about what they can do right now, what they can do if they had a bad order, uh, you know, some of the things and just get through what guys can do. Because remember, we've been asking each day as we talk about this, what can I do? what should I do, and what must I do? And so, Zach, maybe to start us out, tell us the status of the court system for you, and can you file, what's going on? We know most around the country, the the courts physically, the buildings are closed, but uh, can you file, what's going on?
1: Yeah, so here in North Carolina, our courts are technically closed until June 1st, 2020. Um, but the, The clerk's office in every county is open, so we are still allowed to file, which is important. Um, just for kind of moving your case along down the road, because even though courts are closed for the next you know, month and a half or so, that doesn't mean that work stops. We can still file proactive motions, and our courts are still open for emergency matters. So, so if you qualify for an emergency or if your case is one of those cases that a judge believes is an emergency, we can get into court quickly. And North Carolina, we have a, a 10-day requirement for return hearings on emergency motions, so that means that we're going to get into court in front of a judge within 10 days.
0: You know, you talk about that emergency motion, and uh, I talked about this last week, uh, especially during our live webinar, national webinar, and there was that case down in Florida where the ER doc uh, had custody of their child and dad, obviously they were divorced, they had a judgment in place, filed an emergency motion to transfer custody under the circumstances that mom was, by nature of her job, Uh, exposing or perhaps increasing the chances that the child may test positive or may contract the virus. And so the court, interimly, it just went ahead and changed custody now that that was placed on hold on an appellate order later on that next week. But taking those facts, is that the type of thing that guys are listening to right now, where if they needed to, you know, seek to change custody based upon their facts or enforce custody rights or something, what is it you know, that kind of gives them the notion that they can seek relief right now, at least try to get heard? So
1: our our statute provides that an emergency custody motion can be granted if there is a substantial risk of bodily injury to the child, sexual abuse, or there is a risk that the other parent's gonna flee the jurisdiction, so flee North Carolina to some other state. So it's it's a fairly limited basis here in North Carolina. Um, I I can say, you know, if, if those facts were here in North Carolina, it's hard to say what a judge would do. Our judges are elected here. So, you know, I think that public pressure may influence them a little bit more. But what I am seeing a lot of is if there is a parent that is exposing their child, you know, not social distancing or, or, or not adhering to what they're supposed to be doing in this time period, that, that's a situation where we may want to talk about it. Um, what, what I'm telling my guys and what I think is most important is the emergency custody statute here in North Carolina, it's really judge specific. And so by that, that means it's county specific. So while in one county, I may tell a client, you know what, that's probably not a good idea. I don't think our judges are gonna do it. That's not gonna be the same for the next county over. And so it's really dependent upon your locality because those smaller counties, those judges aren't as busy right now. They're more likely to be able to look at it the minute I walk into the courthouse and we might get a decision within 20 minutes. Whereas the bigger counties, I might not get a decision until the next day.
0: Yeah. You know, a lot of the questions that guys have been asking during our webinar and and even uh, beyond that, where we ask them to email their questions and you're listening right now, you know, encourage you to do that at coronavirus.cordelllaw.com. It's one of those things where they say, hey, you know, uh, my wife, uh, her new husband or a boyfriend is positive and she still insists on keeping our child in the home and not really... Uh, quarantining this child or keeping the child away. Is that the kind of thing, you know, I can think of all kinds of facts, you know, whether or not social distancing, as you suggested, going out in public, not wearing masks where appropriate. Are those the things obviously that if they were to come to you, you would say, hey, let's let's give it a shot. Uh, I think that rises to the level, especially in North Carolina.
1: Again, it's really fact-specific. You know, mm-hmm. if they're going to the grocery store and they're not wearing masks, probably not. No. Right. But but if their if their boyfriend or or you know significant other is positive for COVID, yeah, I, I think that would be a situation where it makes complete sense because then you're you're very clearly exposing the child to a risk. Um, we ended up not having to file an emergency in this case, but I have a client whose wife works in the intensive care unit in one of the hospitals here in in Raleigh, and she thankfully voluntarily relinquished custody so that my client can watch the kids while she's going through this. But if she had not, that probably would have been a case we'd have to have a serious discussion on just temporarily. Do we need to do this so that these children aren't exposed to somebody who's being exposed to COVID every single day?
0: And that's right along the lines of that Florida ER doc. And, you know, I, I I kind of went and talked about this equal opportunity outrage, you know, they, they really, instead of making it about the facts, which is, as you suggest, really the, the situation that mom, you know, in her job, does just by nature place others in danger. They made it about mom versus dad. And it really isn't about, you know, a gender. It's not about the role you play. It really is about the facts and circumstances. And I think that's right on point in terms of what we see. You know, those are the things that guys should take action. One of the stupidest mistakes we talked about last week in our live webinar was inaction, doing nothing, just sitting around, uh, allowing this to continue. And then Saying, you know, when this is all over, oh, by the way, this is what she did, and so I want custody. I think, wouldn't you agree that right now what we're encouraging guys to do and what you would too is if you think there's something that you want to take action, get with a lawyer, have a phone or virtual conversation or consultation right now to really just explore what your rights are and what the recommendation would be.
1: Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, if you if you sit down with one of us, we're going to give you the, the best advice we can, and we're going to give you honest advice. And, and so, if, if we tell you, you know what, this probably isn't an emergency, or, or you should not file that, okay. But you can sleep at night knowing that that you did it. Whereas, if you, an, an emergency is necessary, not filing it is going to hurt you a lot more down the road than filing it. And, and these yeah. emergency motions, the the thing to keep in mind is is they're temporary. So. So it's not a mom versus dad. It's not we don't respect a healthcare worker or something. This is this is a temporary modification until we can get out of this pandemic. And then, you know, I would presume that the judge would put things back to normal, all things being equal.
0: Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's temporary. So I assume the range of relief uh, that the judge has if they accept this uh, to a hearing that you would I assume you're doing via Zoom, right?
1: So for emergency hearings right now, we're actually doing them in person.
0: So oh I, I wow
1: in-person emergency hearing last week. Um, It was not COVID related, but it, you know, Mm -hmm. the courts are open for all emergency hearings. So even if it's not COVID related, we can still do it. But here in in my locality, we're we're still doing them in person.
0: Oh, that's great. I mean, I think it's, you know, we're all learning this technology as we go and, you know, it brings all new challenges. Uh, Yesterday during our podcast, I was talking about you know preparation and what do you do in the background and use of technology. Those are all important, and so I think that's kind of one of the things that if it's still in person, it's great. So, in addition to these emergency, you know, uh, custody or emergency relief, let's talk a little bit about post-judgment relief uh, during COVID. What is available to you up in North Carolina in terms of post-judgment relief that guys want to know about?
1: So, so we have two primary motions that we would file. Um, Rule 59 and Rule 60. Rule 59 is a a motion for a new trial. Rule 60 is is kind of a more catch-all motion to to get relief from a judgment. But both of those, I think, are going to really become important over the next couple weeks and months, and we're already seeing it. Mm -hmm. So with the Rule 59, that's, that's a motion for a new trial. In North Carolina, you do have to file that within 10 days of entry of the judgment. But the important thing is that entry of a judgment is not when the judge makes the decision. Entry of a judgment is when that judgment is actually written down, signed by the judge, and file stamped, which usually happens months after you get your decision. So if you were in court in January and February before this all started, but your judgment hasn't been signed yet, you still, can have, you still have relief to request a new trial once that judgment is signed and file stamped by the clerk. And so it is a hard deadline. It's a 10-day deadline. But if you don't have a judgment signed yet and it's just kind of out there still working its way around, that's something you can do. Um, rule 60 is, is for once the judgment's been signed and you're kind of outside that 10 days, it's more of a catch-all. And the one area, and actually another attorney of ours in Wilmington, Stephanie Horton, was telling me about this case. That rule 60 provides that you can get relief from a judgment if at some point it becomes inequitable or it is no longer fair to enforce the judgment. And the case she had was her client had agreed to give a fixed amount out of his retirement as part of an overall equitable distribution. Well, with the market crashing as it has, that's no longer equitable. He's now – instead of giving, I think it was about 55%, it's now about 90% of his account because he's lost so much from the market crash. And and so that's a perfect example where you can file the Rule 60, although our courts aren't hearing it right now. File it now so you preserve that motion because it does have a timeline on it and then whenever courts open back up take it before a judge and i do think judges are going to be entertaining these a lot over the next mm-hmm. couple of months or maybe even a year
0: yeah that's a a huge point where guys that may have had a judgement or something come down right before this all began specifically as the market crashed you know we talked about that i think about 4 weeks ago in our webinar about you know the fixed number uh, in 401k divisions it's just you know dramatic and when you see the markets down 30 40 percent in terms of some of these savings it's a huge inequitable distribution and yeah, and, uh, yeah. go ahead
1: yeah, and that just seems like a perfect place to file this rule 60 you know it, it yeah. seems like what it would design to file and you know if you don't file it and you miss out on that opportunity I mean you could mm-hmm. be missing out on saving yourself thousands of dollars
0: Right, and I think guys, what they need to do again, this this mistake that guys are doing, they think that because courts are, we use this word very loosely, closed, they think, oh, I don't need to do anything, everything's suspended, you know, I don't need to take action when it's all over. Judges will understand. They won't understand. I mean, the point is, is that our obligation, your obligation, uh, we're still open. We need to get you to, you know, take action, defend your rights, prosecute your rights, and especially in like this, not just in North Carolina. But I I know that this in Missouri and Illinois and Georgia, that similar rule exists. And we want guys listening now that if you think that this is something that you should be considering doing, or you look through your judgment and you think, gosh, this doesn't make any sense. It feels like it's not fair. What's going on here? And just have a consultation and we'll take rights. And we may not get to the hearing right now, but as you suggest, it gets it on file, right?
1: Exactly. And the the other thing to keep in mind is, especially here in North Carolina, our courts have been closed since, I think, March 13th. So that's two and a half months of backlog that's not going anywhere. And in a lot of our courts, they don't have the technological capabilities to do everything by video conference. So that means that two and a half months of the cases are just getting pushed out. So where I could get into court within three to six months normally, I'm now telling guys it's six to nine months or longer. And and so the longer you wait, the, the more you're pushing this out because our timelines are, worse than they were before well
0: wow. and and so uh, i assume these aren't the emergency type of orders they're just putting these back on the docket right and then they may be scheduled at some point when the courts reopen
1: exactly so so you file these motions now so that you can preserve that right so that you have it on the books and, and again it's about the narrative you know showing the judge that you filed it back in april as opposed to august or september six or seven months after you suffered the damage that, that's less persuasive to a judge than when you suffered the damage in April and you filed in April that shows the judge that this was important to you and you acted upon it immediately.
0: So we think about post judgment relief. I mean, I know that one of the questions last week uh, on the webinar was a guy who they got divorced just very shortly before COVID started. And really the, the, uh, the shelter in place order started coming down, but they lived in two states. You know, one lived in Tennessee, dad did, and mom, you know, he moved from Texas, which is where mom is with the kids. And I wonder, I mean, do you think that that's the type of post-judgment relief that maybe they can't exchange the custody? Uh, We don't know what the future holds. They can't put children on a plane anymore, really safely. Um, I, I imagine maybe that fits within that narrative of Maybe it's not necessarily fair and equitable anymore, based what we thought would be the norm moving forward.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good idea, because I think in a normal circumstance, you'd probably file that under maybe a motion to modify or something. Mm -hmm. But a motion to modify has a different standard, usually, at least in North Carolina. It's it's a bigger burden to prove a motion to modify, whereas a Rule 60 doesn't have that same burden. So if, if that situation came before me, I would probably file both. Um, yeah. because you can file a motion to modify. And, and if that's the way the judge wants to do it, so be it. But you do have this Rule 60 as well, which is a, you know, a different burden, probably a lesser burden for us to prove, so it's easier for us to get the relief.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, Zach, that's uh, outstanding information and advice. And to kind of make sure guys uh, take action and they, they do something now, uh, You know, this is a new subject that we haven't talked about over the last six weeks, and I think it's extremely important. So thanks for bringing it to their attention.
1: Of course, I appreciate you
0: having me on, Scott. So as we've always said, you know, it's take action. Uh, It's now. Seek advice now. Uh, Don't wait. Uh, It's more important to find out your rights, to defend your rights, to look at the judgment, to get the advice. And obviously, just taking what we said without seeking further advice is not the right action. It's seek that lawyer. Find the person that just specializes or does family law that focuses just on one thing. Uh, And so, of course, uh, we know that there are many attorneys out there. We are as well. So if you need to go ahead and have a consultation to talk about the things that, that Zach just raised that are so extremely important, reach out to us at 866-DADS-LAW or cordellcordell.com. I encourage you to continue to tune in to our daily video and podcasts as we continue to bring you the latest information from around the country in terms of what's happening in each court because every court system seems to be taking a different process. Some are open in terms of, as Zach indicated, some hearings in person. Uh, Some are not, and they're just doing Zoom. So continue to tune into our daily podcast. Tune into our Thursday live national webinar, where we also bring you six attorneys, six Cordell attorneys from around the country. So thank you for joining us. Until next time.